Everyone has a story that's shaped them. People Make It Possible is a career growth podcast focused on inspiring stories from successful business leaders. This podcast is meant for executives and professionals looking to invest in themselves. In this podcast, we will challenge the assumptions behind climbing the traditional corporate ladder and explore pivotal stories that shape us all in our unique journeys. Let's explore why it's people who make it possible. Hi, everyone. I'm Chris Dardis, and welcome to our very first episode. I'm excited. Uh, Today, we are joined by an incredible guest, my friend, Kendall Harrell. Uh, Kendall is the Chief People Officer at Caribou. Kendall, welcome. Thank you, Chris. I'm uh, incredibly honored and happy to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, Kendall, before we kind of get into it and explain how we know each other, tell us a little bit about your role at Caribou Coffee as the Chief People Officer. Give us about 30 seconds. Well, very simply... Chris, I'm, I'm responsible for just creating an environment where great people can come and do great work. And so I have the traditional you know, HR functions that report to me that you would normally see. And that would also include learning and development, loss prevention are in, is, in that, is in that group as well. So pretty broad scope of responsibilities, but all really focused around that, that original kind of statement around great people and having a great place to work. I love it. Okay. Well, so Kendall, you and I go way back. We go back about 15 years where our friendship was forged on the fields of youth baseball as we were coaching our sons and everything like that, right? No doubt. No doubt. And then the universe keeps bringing us together. We saw it at the Twins game yesterday. How was that? (laughs) Well, always fun to go to a Twins game. They are a blast to watch. Amen. Amen. Well, good. So uh, Kendall Harrow, you're the chief people officer now, but as we roll back time a little bit and think about when you were growing up. You grew up in Iowa, is that correct? Yes. Yep, yep. Des Moines, Iowa, and actually a, a south suburb of Des Moines called uh, Indianola, oh. where uh, Simpson College is, a little college town. But yeah, that's where I spent most of my formative years, I guess, as they would say. Very good. And as a little buddy, uh, did you want to get into HR? <laughs> I didn't even know what HR was. <laughs> right. Actually, I probably would. I probably would have. Been, it would have been a problem if I did know what HR was when uh, <laughs> I was growing up. But no, I like every kid. You have your big dreams of being a professional athlete or something. And once that, I knew that uh, clearly that wasn't going to be the path. I didn't know what the, exactly what I wanted to do. I, but I did know I want to be around athletics. And I just it didn't take very long before I thought, gosh, maybe I'd want to be a doctor. And uh, specifically, like an orthopedic surgeon was what uh, I thought my my lot in life was going to be. Okay, yeah. and what what was driving that? It was it was that it was that love of sports. Yeah, absolutely. I unfortunately I I had a couple of injuries when I was younger, and while I never had to 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 have surgery, I was just completely fascinated by physical therapists and the, the work that the trainers did. And the, the human body is just a pretty incredible thing yeah. when you really look at how it's amazing like it, can, it can perform. And I just, I thought, gosh, it would just be incredibly rewarding to to do that. Plus the, the mystique of being a physician, that was absolutely what attracted me to it. Now, when you would go to your parents and say like, you know what, I think I want to get into orthopedic surgery. I mean, was that something that they supported or, or, or talk to me about that? Yeah, my parents were, they just, they didn't care what I was going to do. Okay. They just, you know, they were very much about education and really focused on me having a plan for how I was going to, how I was going to contribute to, to society, how I was going to. Um, you know, raise and support a family, how I would just contribute. Yeah. And however that was going to come to life, they, they, they didn't really 
steer me in any direction. They were very much about just have options. Give yourself, give yourself options. And you, you limit that when, when you don't look to, to educate yourself. And it, while college was definitely a, a goal, I think that I could have, I could have taken any path to, to educate myself, even if that, if that meant learning a trade or they would have completely supported that as long as it was part of a plan. Yeah. And what did they do as professionals? Well, my dad was uh, in sales for most of his career. And then he, then he ended up taking up photography as a, which was a hobby at the time. He ended up, you know, taking his passion and love for it and building a little, little business out of it. He was with Motorola and got laid off. At, and this was in the eighties. And uh, well, that was served as an opportunity for him to pursue a passion of his. And so that's what he did. And then my mom was, she worked 35, 36 years at UPS. Wow. So, yeah. And so when, when you think about their journeys and uh, the lessons we are trying to teach our children as well, what's something that you took from either or both of them? For both of them, it was really about not necessarily, I don't, I don't know if being independent is the right word, but realizing how, how you were going to earn a living. And no matter what your experiences you had, and, and I, I think you always want for each generation to be able to, to provide more uh, options than, than the previous generations. And so I think the thing that we carried forward, my wife and I, was, was I, we really didn't care where, you, where your passions lie, but when you identify it, we're going to support it as much as we possibly can. So if that means helping you, whether it's going to camps or, or taking summer classes or like my, my oldest son, very much into computers and technology. And we found these technology camps for him when he was younger hmm. and just let him immerse himself in you know, how to build and create video games. And he was doing that at like eight, nine, 10 years old. And so I, I didn't want to have my, my kids be focused on a job per se, hmm. but rather... How do I figure out my passions and either have a career that's going to allow me to bring those passions to my career or have a career that's going to allow me the, the means and the ability to explore those passions through recreation or, or otherwise? So we just we the door wide open for our kids. But really, the focus was let's got to find what you love. Yeah. And it you, may take time. You talked about how your parents were really focused on education mm -hmm. for you and clearly you you have that sort of interest in your kids as well you mentioned you're yeah. older are they they're both through college right now uh, so one's graduated and he's a tax paying <laughs> adult <laughs> which is fantastic and then the youngest is uh, just finished his sophomore year at uh, St. John's that was a yeah. leading question because I, yeah, I'm a Johnny as well and I wanted that shout out yeah that's good awesome. <laughs> got to give a nod to the Johnnies right <laughs> Oh, that's great. And so you feel like as, as they were growing up, that was an important piece that you tried to pass on to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. My, my mother, the highest level of education that she completed was her, her associate's degree. Mm. But that helped her have a 36-year career at UPS. And yeah. My father, was he, he went to Morehouse for one year and he dropped out after his freshman year to join the military, the Air Force specifically. And my grandmother was not very happy with it, but he, it, despite the, the fact that he was in the Vietnam War and all of the, 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 the troubles that, that came with that, he would, even to, up until the day passed, he would say that the lessons that he learned in the military and some of the skills 
that he was able to to build and apply quickly in the military. I mean, it was it was everything to him. Hmm. So you talk about finding that passion or finding a job that allows you to afford your passion. As you think about your career, you and I met when you were at Lifetime Fitness. Yes. So that 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 gets me thinking about your love for sports and athletics, and now somehow you parlayed that passion into a role. Talk to me a little bit about your time at Lifetime and that yeah. blend of passion and work. Yeah, Lifetime was very, I mean, instrumental in my career and it's where I grew up basically professionally. I I originally walked into a lifetime fitness just to find a place to work out. And I was in there for all of eight minutes before I realized that I mean what an incredible environment at the time. It was, it was 1996, 95, 96. And I, I asked one of the the sales reps, I said, I think I'd like to work here. Like, <laughs> like what what kind of jobs are are, are here? And and I'd never considered personal training really as a as a career, but I jumped into personal training right away. It was nothing like I thought it was, but I had a lot of great mentors that helped me figure it out. And I just I kind of I guess progressed through the ranks there fairly fairly quickly. And so you went from uh, a personal trainer into the human resources side. Yeah, yeah. My my first kind of I guess my transition job was mm-hmm. in training and development. So I was doing a lot of like new hire training and sales training and management training, productivity training, like um, a a lot of content that was centered around the group called Lifetime University. Hmm. And I had an incredible mentor there that wanted to build out a new recruiting function and asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, well, Andrew, I don't really know anything about it, but he said, you're smart, you'll figure it out. And that's really where I started to get into seeing HR as a place where I might have some affinity and it could be a fun career for me. Oh, wow. So you did have somebody, you did have that mentor. There was that moment when they tapped you on the shoulder. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't seek it out. We were just having a career conversation. Every once in a while, I'd pop my head in his door and he'd ask me what I'm up to. And this particular time he asked me about my goals and I told him I, I, something to the effect I wasn't sure exactly what what the next step was going to be. But I knew that I wanted to build something and I wanted to affect and impact a lot of people. It was what I loved most about going back to even personal training was just mm-hmm. the opportunity to help someone achieve something. And he, he thought recruiting might be an interesting way to apply that aspiration or at least achieve that aspiration. And it was literally, that was probably the, the kind of pivotal moment in my career that set me on a pretty awesome track. Yeah, no kidding. So you yeah. take a look at where you're at today at Caribou Coffee. And when you first came into the, the HR world, was there something that you've done in your career to really invest yourself to, to achieve the level that you're at right now? I think that, well, one, one thing that I, that I did, it was really a gamble as I'd always thought that I would either get my MBA or do some type of master's program yeah. or organizational leadership or something like that. And when I was with Lifetime University, I, I, one thing that we were doing a lot of was opening up new health clubs. And I mean, we were traveling all the time. And while being young and traveling across the country is pretty awesome, <laughs> I knew that it's taxing also. Yeah. And I knew I wouldn't be able to keep up with the pace. And 
So I, th- I thought that distance learning could be an interesting opportunity for me to kind of offer something distinctive to the organization, to the company that we didn't have that capability at the time. And so I, I decided to get uh, my master's in adult education and focus on instructional design. Hmm. And I wanted to do that in the same environment that I wanted to build. And so I chose Capella as oh, sure. a school to do that. I was like, okay, if, I, if I'm going to try to build some type of computer-based training, distance learning for the company as we grow, I should probably experience it as a learner. And I don't, we didn't have any tuition reimbursement plan or anything like that. So I convinced my wife to let me put some of our own ducats towards it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, I'm really glad I did it because it, it completely changed or it offered a new perspective as to, as to how I, you know, I coach others, how I, I influence the organization. So even at that time, I didn't know that I wanted to go into HR leadership, particularly even at this level at that time, but it has served me really well throughout my career. That is great. So yeah, in a leadership position with the number of individuals who you need to lead and inspire every day, is is there some advice that maybe came from a parent or a mentor that um, has stood the test of time? that you still think about on a daily basis with how you show up as a leader? You know, uh, well, I, I'm, you know, I don't know if it sounds cliche, but my, my father, I mean, he was my hero in, in many, many ways. And he always had a saying that was, if I could just bring others along. Hmm. And, and he used that in so many parts of his life, whether it was every Thanksgiving, he would be the, the deacon that had a, his wagoneer you know, loaded up with, with groceries taken to the people that were, that were at home and, and sick and shut-ins. Or, you know, we'd drive up and down the highway and he'd fire up one of his favorite cigars or, or his pipe and <laughs> we, we, we'd drive up and down the highway and we'd talk about grown man stuff and he'd pull people out of ditches. And, <laughs> he, and he, he did it just because he, he felt like he was on this earth to help people. And I think it, while you probably won't see me driving up and down the highway, pulling people out of ditches, <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly have applied that in my leadership style in that I, nothing makes me happier than helping other people achieve what they want out of life or even if it's just out of, out of their career or on the baseball field or on the basketball court. Like, I think it's, it's found its way in pretty many aspects of my life. Yeah, that's great. And as a father, I'm sure you've passed that on to your kiddos as well. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see what takes, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So through your career, there's always defining moments that I feel like individuals have in their career where it's maybe a left turn when you were expecting uh, a right turn, where it seemed like things weren't necessarily going the way they were supposed to. But in retrospect, in looking back, maybe it's the best thing that could have happened. Any situations like that with you? Oh, wow. Man, I mean, there are are many. Mm -hmm. I I think the the most significant was leaving Lifetime. Most of my best friends were, you know, work there and many friends that are still there. It was very, it was kind of safe. I was at that point in my career, I think, where I felt if I'm really going to spread my wings, even more for myself than anyone, I really need to figure out how I do this without that, that safety, Hmm. you know, and I I needed to be around other people, other leaders, 
other organizations, I was really starting to get inspired and becoming a student of culture. Mm. And it's, it's tough to really see and feel and understand that unless you have the chance to immerse yourself in others, other cultures. And so that, that's what I did. It wasn't always great, but I learned, I definitely learned what was important to me as a professional and as a leader. And, and what, what is that? What, what is that when you talk about what's important to you as a professional and as a leader? I think part of it was, was finding, finding places where I, I felt comfortable to bring my whole self. And I know we, we say that, the, that phrase now, and it may be, again, coming a little cliche, but like, you know, what I mean by that is as a, as a black leader at, at the level that at this point I knew I wanted to attain, I've always, I've always wanted to make sure that I could get to the point in my career where I feel like everyone, like all of me can come to work, yeah. where I don't have to. I'm not putting stress or weight on myself about showing up the way I think other people want or need me to show up, but rather showing up as my true authentic self and thriving in that type of environment. And some some organizations are are pretty focused on people being in line and fitting into a culture. And while I don't know that I was able to articulate it well earlier in my career, I think as I've realized is that, you know, I want to contribute to a culture. Like I want to be, I want to be this kind of unique, oddly shaped puzzle piece that you can't find because maybe it was under the table or, <laughs> or somewhere. <laughs> but, but once you find it and you put it in, there's this like this beautiful picture. And I want to be part of that picture, not just another tile piece yeah. that can be easily you know, interchangeable. Oh, well said. I like that. If you would, I'd love for you to share a story that you've shared with me before. We're about a week away from one of our Verseek HR labs and we, they've been going on for about eight years. And so eight years ago, you were a guest in the audience. Yes. I think you were working for Amy at the time, I believe. Right. And we had a, a really cool panel where one of the leaders was the CHRO of Caribou at the time. Would you, would you share yeah. that story with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I went to that HR lab event and at the, the HR leader at the time was talking about, they had just completed the first acquisition with Einstein bagels. And the topic was around culture and how, how she was starting to think about how do I, how do we bring these two disparate uh, cultures together and create new? And I leaned over to the you know person that I was at the event with. And I said, that's the job I want. <laughs> And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to have it someday. And now mostly, you know, it's me throwing something into the universe yeah, and see what sure. happens. Yeah. But what that, what that started for me is I, I found this really interesting connection between, I, I really enjoyed M&A work. And coincidentally, at the time I was working on a divestiture at Amia hmm. and I was really enjoying what I was learning from that work. So that was kind of timely. And then it was this connection to a, a brand that I've always found inspiration and I was like, oh my gosh, if this, if this could come together, a brand that I love doing work that I really enjoy, I'm like, that could really be magical. <laughs> and so I just, at, at every opportunity, I'd take a look at press releases or I'd throw a, throw a, a Google alerts <laughs> in there just to get, get fed some passive information around Caribou. And, and, I, and I would regularly tell stories even about Times when I was working on any type of work at Lifetime or other at, at another organization, and I would sit in a caribou uh, hmm. a lot of the times, and yeah. I don't I don't know what it was about the space, 
But those little coffee shops always created some type of inspiration in me. So same. And so here I am. Oh, that's great. You threw it out into the universe. Well, I love it. I love that we are a little bit a part of that story. That's cool. So a, a takeaway question, as uh, as we're going to ask each of our guests that, that join us on our podcast, is what is something that was made possible in your professional life because of someone else? You've talked about mentor, you've talked about parents, but we need help along the way, similar to what you said, how your dad said, take people along with you. Yeah. How's that shown up in your life? So I would say um, there's a there was a, a, a guy at our church. His name was uh, Don Baker, and Mr. Baker was gosh. I mean, I was kind of young, so I, did, I didn't really know his profession other than he, he had a couple small businesses. He was he was involved with politics, the local state you know, politics in Iowa. And right when I was graduating college, I I was really wanted to play baseball. And I was getting enough attention to be maybe a little dangerous, but not, but not enough to nice. for it to be real meaningful. And I, and so I was kind of floundering a little bit on what I was going to do. And Mr. Baker was he was pivotal in helping me get an academic scholarship at mm-hmm. Iowa State. And so I was the recipient of the George Washington Carver Scholarship, which was a full ride scholarship wow. there. And college was going to be on my own dime. My parents, they while they we were just middle class enough to maybe to to whisper that we were middle class to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing that we wanted to hang a hat on, but we but we were fine. We we never wanted for much. But my they didn't they didn't have the means to pay for college for myself or my older sister. Hmm. And so you know, the the hope was that athletics was going to be a way for that to happen for me. I happened to do well in school, but I never contemplated the thought of an, an academic scholarship. And it took someone to see something in me to to nominate me for a award like that. That I mean, it changed my life. And so, while college back then wasn't the, the the same financial burden that it is for a lot of students today, it still was significant. I mean, you know, owing, owing a lot when you have nothing is still a lot to owe. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. So. I mean, it was, it was a blessing. And I, for that reason, I could never, you can never repay someone for doing that because it's even greater than him writing a check and paying for my, my school, for him yeah. to put his name, be willing to put his name and his reputation on this 17 year old kid out of Indianola in Des Moines, Iowa is pretty outstanding. And so I don't know if he hadn't, if he hadn't done that, I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing. Wow. Wow. Thank you. All right. So as our first guest, what we want to offer to you is a 30-second kind of brag track around <laughs> what you're working on now, what's coming up with Caribou. Are there any positions that you're, you want our audience to go out and apply for? What, so 30 seconds, it's all yours. You get to, you get to uh, tell us whatever you'd like. Yeah. Well, for all those people that walk into a coffee shop and wish that they didn't have their you know, 12-hour days, their you know, 14 hour days and having to answer emails at home. I'm, look, if you want a place to work with awesome people, be yourself, serve our incredible guests. I mean, really consider Caribou. It's incredible how many career change folks we have that are running our coffee shops. And it's, it's an incredible gig to, because our guests are so awesome. They're so cool. They, 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 they adopt their baristas, the, our team members, the <laughs> GMs in, in such incredible ways. And so, you know, just check us out. And if somebody tell them to check us out. 
Caribou Coffee. Coffee.com. CaribouCoffee.com careers page. I love it. Kendra Harold, thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor. You too. Thank you so much. You too. All right. So uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review People Make It Possible podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your episodes. We have so many great guests joining us every month who are also top-notch leaders, just like Kendall. So please join us next month for more of these pivotal stories. And we all know the road to success has many twists and turns and is paved by people you encounter along the way. Regardless of what you're trying to accomplish in your company or in your career, remember that it's people who make it possible. Thank you.